What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF and The Fast House. Head on over to thefasthouse.com for all of your motocross needs. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with, with us on the line, a man who needs little introduction, but this is a radio show, so I have to give him any one anyway. Uh, he's an integral part of uh, motocross, both uh, over in Europe, in Canada, and in the United States. Eric Perinard, the man, the myth, the legend. How's it going? Real good, real good. Let's uh, you thank you for your welcoming. It feels <laughs> it feels good to be treated that way. <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. Uh, mo- like in in my opinion. Uh, those who are willing to stand behind the scenes, pull the tr- pull the strings to make something come together, are just as important as the as the 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 athletes and the stars of the sport who perform for us. It's it's that those master puppeteers in the background that are able to to bring these events to places like uh, the Olympic Stadium this uh, this September fifteenth. Montreal Supercross returns. Uh, we talked a little bit of it off air. Uh, a, a race that I grew up watching, uh, a race that you enjoyed for a, a number of years uh, prior to this one, and, and getting involved with it. Um, Supercross is finally coming back to Montreal in uh, in about ten days' time, roughly uh, about eleven days total. And um, yeah, tell me about it. how did this whole thing come together? Oh, it's it's a long story, you know. First, as as you you know, I'm I'm French, but not French Canadian. There is so a difference. I've got, yeah, there is a difference, but still, we have a lot of uh, you know common uh, vibes together. Right. And uh, the motocross in Montreal was always one of the and you know, and friends from you know all part of Canada because it's uh, to me, I mean. Canada is a great country. I enjoy everything but the weather, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and my and my summer attempt to go ride in BC was confirmed to me in that, but I'm sure it was just bad luck. Anyway, long story short, you know, I always had a good vibe with that race. I always felt like it was a great festival for, for Moto, and uh, the fans were awesome. And, uh, you know, many times I was involved in conversation about getting getting part of it or you know just talking about it or taking it over at some stage and it just never materialized and uh, last year in um, in uh, november but almost like a year ago i got i got the phone call from that uh, major company in quebec you know known as a uh, just dev it's a, it's a it's a division of quebec which is a major media uh, company in Quebec right. and they said hey we want to talk to you we want you to fly in and uh, we have to, to see if it's possible to restart the Supercross and I have to say it's one of those phone calls that uh, you remember as a defining moment because that was that was really cool it's like wow that's, that's a great opportunity it's not only uh, producing a race it's maybe uh, rewriting a little piece of history in Canadian motocross. So that's that's pretty much how it started. I, I was uh, lucky enough to, to do my first uh, visit in Quebec in the middle of winter when it was minus 36, <laughs> you know, so that uh, that was a, a cool reminder of uh, of um, the beauty of a uh, Canadian winter. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, but uh, all the people were super excited. It was a very good vibe. 
And uh, you know, it's just we did uh, we did several trips, you know, and uh, and we concluded that um, having a race at uh, the Montreal Stadium, I mean the Stade Olympique, was the best place to be because we had different options. We look at what we could do otherwise, but uh, we were coming back very quickly to the the famous Montreal Supercross. For sure, and a race that uh, a lot of uh, fans in and around my age grew up uh, watching on TV. It was one of the ones that we'd actually have, be able to watch on TV as well as attending as uh, uh, getting to see some of these top flight athletes that unless you went across the border to see them, they weren't accessible. Um, like, and I, I love that you're able to still speak very passionately and very uh, almost romantically about this sport that after uh, being involved in it for so long, I find so often that uh, those who've been involved with it uh, uh, um, tend to become a little bit uh, like kind of dragged down by some of the uh, uh, the happenings within the sport. But just taking that opportunity to um, just grab hold of an opportunity to 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 bring top flight motocross to the Canadian fans, and uh, I think that uh, although it might have been minus thirty six, uh, your visit to Montreal <laughs> in the middle of winter likely warmed some hearts. And, uh, um, and I think that uh, people have been excited about this for a long period of time, like almost like the, during this whole triple crown series. And we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit as well, but, uh, everyone's always looking forward to like every, with every triple crown event that goes by, we're one event closer to the Montreal Supercross coming back. And I can't wait. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because very quickly it became obvious that we had to be part of the triple crown. You know, it was just the sport is too small in, in general, you know, not to unite people. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, it, we were like, we had a month of, uh, you know, basically hesitation, discussion, but it was very clear to us that we should be part of the triple crown and, 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 take a chance to push uh, Canadian motocross slash supercross to, to a, a even higher level. Because, you know, I mean, all, all those things, I'm, I'm not going to tell you all the things that happened the last few years in, in Canada. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's been, it's been harder work for everybody that made it, made it go the way it went. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of a interesting project to get everybody on the same page. And I know it was not easy and I'm very respectful and grateful all the people that, uh, that helped, you know, I mean, starting with uh, Jetworks and Justin, it was awesome to have everybody wanting to make it happen. Uh, it was not as easy as you just wanting, just like it is in general in life. You know, I mean, a want and happening are two different things. But, oh, yeah. you know, uh, we worked hard. We, uh, and, uh, you know, Justin and, and, uh, and the group that, that hired me, uh, we were on the same page. It has to happen. It's just not, it's not an option. We cannot start that race without associating ourselves to what's, what's good in Canada as far as motocross. And, and, you know, the result is a uh, proof is in the pudding, as we say, you know, so it's, um, it was, it was different, definitely a very interesting journey and, um, uh, challenging, uh, more than once. Absolutely, and I, I'd hope that this is the inaugural year of a uh, of a long-standing race. We, we uh, as fans, we become uh, almost uh, uh, like not wouldn't say slaves to, but we become so accustomed 
to the the routine and the the calendars that we love so much the uh the Vegas Supercross being the first weekend in May or the uh the what well, the US Open the one that you used to uh that you used to promote which was uh the TH like yeah the THQ uh, US yeah. Open uh which was always Correct. the middle of October we're used to those things red it blood still is. Yeah. it's a monster cup now but yeah. it's still US Open same 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 purse same uh, same format in many ways yeah you know and the, like the Paris Supercross, and and people would like get used to certain times of the year being used to like having certain events happening. And I hope that this becomes one of them. Uh, how does uh, coordinating a Supercross in Montreal differ from uh, going to G- Geneva? Or this year, I think we're going to have a, a new race in Italy or something along those lines. How do those things differ? And how are like how is it a little bit easier on you, or how is it more difficult? Uh, it's you know it was it was unknown territory and um, you know Canada is different than US. Uh, I, I happen to speak the two languages that are spoken in Canada, but that doesn't. It's just a, it's just it's a false sense of comfort. Yeah. You still have to understand how people work, how the culture uh, is, and the motocross culture is basically the same. In, in the entire world, but there's, you know, you have, you have to understand who are the players, how you, you navigate, and, uh, you know, like, you, you, you've been going through so many things in Canada the last few years, you know, as far as federation, no federation, oh, you know, F, yeah, it's, uh, and that, that was kind of like um, a learning curve, because it's the first time uh, I was working in a country that was kind of like having their own rules. Usually, you know, if you do, if you work in Sydney or you work in Paris or, you know, in Sofia, Bulgaria, you, you still always have the FIM, some same common rules. Right. And um, in, in Canada, it's different. You know, you, you guys did, did it your own way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, most likely for for good reasons, and uh, it's like you you have to relearn. So it was it was very interesting to work in a in a different environment. You know, I mean, uh, anything that's challenging to me is way more interesting than what is not challenging. <laughs> Definitely, and, and you, you've uh, started more than a few uh, races from the ground up and, and watched them grow. Um, when, when you approach something like this, obviously the, the main focus is having a, a great first year and put your best foot forward the first year, but uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, you're also hoping this becomes something that, that people can come back to year after year. And, and that being said, how, how much does that kind of play into your preparations and kind of like laying a foundation for a really successful event that can be a perennial favorite for a lot of fans that enjoy motocross? Uh, you know, it's it's just in, in making the right decision or at least attempting to make the right decision. Like, we, we talked a lot about bringing the top three guys, you know, but we realized that Canadian Supercross is is a little bit lacking practice and tracks oh, sure. you know i mean the, the, the canadian racers have to come to us and ride and uh, it, it's definitely not for a lack of talent but it's a lack of you know location and timing between your six months of winter and everything so we we, we purposely went with other riders that were maybe not not the top five guys just to make sure that we would have a a very good race because the bottom line is not to show you know how fast uh, Jason Anderson or Marvin Muskin is is to have to have a great race great supercross where you know everybody has a chance to win and perform because uh, I've done that mistake before in the past you know and taking guys like James Stewart at their peak um, you know in at foreign races and 
what what good does it do when the winner laps the second guy? You know, it's just, totally. yep. it's just not not what the fan the fans wants to see. They want to see great racing, and they want to see great racing where their own riders are part of it. And that's I think it was the most important. And um, you know, we we talked to the the top three guys in the world. And uh, it could have been happening, but just like uh, we we didn't push too hard to make it happen. Put it this way, you know. For sure, and and, uh, and I think that's very important. Some of the time, like I I would do the local announcing for the races, and I would argue that uh, there are more exciting battles uh, within the 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 B and C classes than there are sometimes at the pro level. A lot of those guys like to separate themselves out and and sort of let the laps count themselves off as as they find their place within that race. And uh, and, and yeah, skill level does not it does not always indicate uh, great racing. But uh, we've got a host of awesome riders. I know uh, you you know them probably better than I do. Who are you bringing to the Montreal Supercross in only eleven days' time? Get your tickets now. Yeah, we have we have a lot of good riders, and to be honest with you, I I wouldn't be able to tell you a who is my favorite because I think most of those guys can win, you know. And that's what's so exciting about the race. I'm looking at the list and I'm thinking, you know, all of those guys have a potential to win and uh with a with a monster uh with a monster cup format you know having three models i think we're gonna see the top guys battling you know uh, definitely more than once and it's what the fans wants to see nowadays you know i've been uh attention span is is uh is a little bit different than it was 20 years ago i think people want to see more shorter race and um and more action than having long motos where everybody's stretching away from each other you know so uh i think we will have uh, we'll have really 10 great guys and we'll have a lot lot of canadians playing in the middle of those great guys and i wouldn't be surprised to see a canadian on the podium to be honest Absolutely, and in addition to that, uh, I believe I saw on the on the invited list was Cedric Souveras, who uh, is uh, is a French uh, uh, champion, I do believe, in the French series. Yeah, uh, French, German, and an English champion. He's yeah. been winning pretty much all the all the Supercrosses champion championship in Europe, and uh, his nemesis is uh, Tom Ramet, and those two have been basically terrorizing the European soil for like five or six years. <laughs> <laughs> you know they they're very very fast guys. You know I mean the guys that 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 make to make it to a main final in Supercross 450. So that yeah. you know to me you you you're part of a special club. You know once you can put yourself on a on the gate of a final 450 Supercross. You know. Oh, for sure. That is an exclusive club that uh, I unfortunately may never uh, include myself in, but Cedric definitely has. And actually, uh, he also owns the distinction of being the only guy in 2018 to show up without his team. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, when he shows up in Montreal, he'll definitely have a motorcycle to ride. And uh, I think he would be, uh, he'll be right in there with those, uh, like the top end Americans that are be showing up. Yeah. Um, because he's and got that confidence. And actually, being one, one little guy. disappointment about, uh, about, Canada, I didn't realize how Suzuki was not more present because, you know, Suzuki is a strong presence in most of the countries in the world. And right. it seems like Suzuki motocross is not not a big presence in Canadian motocross. So that's, uh, that was kind of a, one of my surprise, you know. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like uh, locally, actually, we have a really uh, uh, really good dealer that, uh, that does Suzuki's, and I think Suzuki makes up about half of our A-class, uh, if not more. But uh, it really kind of depends on where you're at. Um, but yeah, as a, as a manufacturer uh, and their support level, not maybe where everyone would like it to be, but maybe with a more events like this, uh, which of course yeah, is a, I, is a, ha- a I Honda. I hope so, for, because we have, yeah. we have a lot of uh, Suzuki guys, so we have, uh, you know, we have uh, Alex Martin is going to do his first Suzuki race, and uh, cool. uh, yeah, it's, we have the, the two uh, European riders, uh, Ramet and Subiras, and uh, as of today, uh, Suzuki is suffering one casualty because uh, you know Malcolm Stewart will be his first will be doing his first race on the Honda at uh, in Montreal. No doubt uh, on a Honda. That's that's exciting to hear. Yeah. And unfortunately for for Suzuki, but uh, um, do you know any background information to see why like why that uh, came to be? Um, you know, testing contract. I knew there was a discussion between uh, between Honda. And uh, and Malcolm, and it seems like he has uh, he has a couple months of uh, testing and racing. He's gonna do all the international events on a Honda, you know. So hopefully uh, that is a good decision for him. And um, I just wish him luck. You know, I think it's it's exciting to see him because co- going back to uh, the brand that made him a champion. That's right. He would be com- comfortable behind the confines of uh, a red motorcycle. Um, so this event basically kicks off the the fall schedule of off-season races that you have uh, a large involvement in um how much of that like kind of brings a lot of uh not say anxiety but some anticipation and just the excitement that uh it's almost it's eric's time to shine a little bit as far as a promoter goes yeah it's uh, it's my quarter you yeah. know i always kind of laugh about the last quarter like the boys of fall but uh yeah, and this one is uh, stretched uh, both sides because it's starting earlier than ever with September 15th, and it's going to go later than ever with December 15th with Torino. So it's like uh, five or six races in the middle. You know, it's uh, it's pretty it's going to be pretty exciting. A lot of a lot of uh, airtime for sure. And I'm not talking about jumping double or triple. <laughs> I'm talking about fl- flying from one place to the other. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's what I do and. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm still enjoying it. It makes a difference to help the riders and try to get uh, good events going uh, worldwide. is a, is a very, uh, very interesting job, to say the least. Absolutely. And not, not to mention that uh, it's quite likely that the, uh, the event held in Torino will be uh, um, an event that was actually originally utilized by the Olympics. So your, your schedule is bookended by Olympic stadiums uh, by, That's on right. both ends. I didn't, good, good catch, good <laughs> catch for sure. <laughs> but yeah, like, like, so like at some point during this, this off season, all eyes turn towards the Paris Supercross. Of course, everyone, like, I think most people still call it Bercy. Uh, but uh, like, what, what really kind of uh, like, that seems to be your, I wouldn't say your, your mo- main focus, but, it's really your labor of love, something that you've uh, really been known for in the yeah, past. It's, How it's much my first, yeah, it's yeah. my first uh, real job in uh, in the racing business, you know. And uh, as soon as I moved to US, the the Bercy people called me and asked me to be their their agent in US and taking care of the riders and stuff. And and uh, myself and uh, my friend uh, Xavier Audouard, we've been basically, you know, controlling. The, um, this event for 
30 years now. I mean, it's like so the first one was in 1984, and uh, we, we've been in all of them. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, you know, to think about it. But it's what happens when you get old. You know, stuff, stuff happens to you, and you're like, oh, God, I've been doing that for 20 years, the U.S. Open? Oh, that, that hurts. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, for sure, knowing that uh, I, I routinely... <laughs> Uh, announce. Yeah, and then the fun, a fun fact is oh, 20 years ago, uh, one of the writers I invited at uh, the US Open will be in Montreal with me, and it's Mike Brown. Wow. <laughs> He's yeah, still Mike racing. I, I, that I, guy I races just, more I, now than he did when he was a pro. I don't know. I think he's been racing 50 times a year all his life. He's, yeah, like, Mike is is a is a is a race animal, and uh, I love him to death. He's just unbelievable as a person, as, as a racer. And you just like you say, thank you for staying in the sport with me because him and I go back 30 years. I gave him his first contract to go to a race I organized like in 1989. <laughs> So yeah. like, usually careers, we don't go that long, you know, with, with a professional athlete. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, so, I believe he turned pro 1989 Lake Whitney, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and actually was, uh, oddly enough, his mechanic that year was uh, Chad Watts, who eventually would work for Ricky Carmichael, who would also correct. Uh, yeah, find, yeah. find his way to... Uh, um, uh, rule Bercy more than a couple of times, uh, if not thwarted yeah. by uh, 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 David Villeman, who uh, would also be a pretty predominant rider in that race. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. You, you're pretty young, but you go pretty pretty far back and pretty accurately. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I just love it, man. I haven't had uh, I haven't had cable in probably six seven years. So when I when I'm I don't got nothing else to do. Uh, I go looking up old races and I watch them and and then that's my form of entertainment. So uh, it, it helps. Kind of also helps me educate myself a little bit better for stuff like this. But uh, um, I know you're excited for the 15th to roll around, um, and the, like all the finishing touches are on it. Um, what can what do fans have to look forward to within the schedule? Like in the couple of days prior to, and obviously uh, Saturday night when everything's going to be uh, popping in Montreal. Yeah, we, we have a long, long evening of racing on a, on a Saturday night. You know, I'm, I'm still confused with days. Sometimes it's Friday night, sometimes it's Sunday, but usually it's Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be really cool. We have local racing. We're going to have, you know, the, the 450 class, the 250 class. We have some good freestyle. You know, we'll have a match world champion freestyler and Kyle, Kyle DeMello. From from your side of the world, you know, and and uh, Ben Milo. I mean, it's 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 going to be really cool, and we just have to hope everything is going to work out. We just want to have a, a good, safe, fun race, and um, you know, at that point, the fans will be happy because you know, Supercross is awesome. You don't, you just need to deliver deliver it cleanly, and um, and people love it. So you don't need fluff with Supercross. For sure, and uh, a little bit different than most supercrosses. And I, correct me if I'm wrong. The uh, the pit area will also be uh, on the floor, if I'm not mistaken. A correct. portion of the floor will be uh, the pit area. Which, uh, if you're a, a gearhead like me, you love to see those mechanics working and kind of the behind the scenes. That's something that uh, won't be backstage. That'll be something that the the fans will be able to see, and maybe they'll have to plan their where they see like grab their tickets. Uh, accordingly for that, but uh, I think it's going to really go off great. Uh, like the, it's a big floor in the Big O. Uh, if anyone's ever been there, it's uh, like obviously that's where the Expos used to play. 
Uh, and uh, that's I think the stadium seats over sixty thousand people. So uh, yeah, uh, and, and it's a reason. One of the reasons to to put the pits in was to make sure everybody could see everything under one roof. Yeah. You know, because the stadium is so big, uh, to to that you could do the biggest supercross in the world in in many in many aspects. And uh, I don't think the fan needs to be that far remote removed from from the from the riders. You know, I I think it's it's better when you're not too far away from the action. And uh, by by using one third of the stadium as a pit, uh, we 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 give the fans an opportunity to see a lot of things. You know that they don't they don't see regularly. Uh, I I know it's a different ticket to get to practice, but you know it's it's the way it is. Uh, it maybe you know we wish everybody could get in the pits, but there's there's a lot of regulation as well with a stadium like the Olympic Stadium. You you, you just don't do exactly what you want, you know, and rightfully so because it's a, it's a, you know it's a big building, a lot of a uh, lot of moving parts in there. And uh, I think people, the fans, have to be uh, gracious about the fact that we're doing we're doing the best we can. There's no, we're not trying to stop them from doing things, but that sometimes we have to be playing by the rules. Absolutely, that gets back to your uh, wanting to do something and making it happen. Two very different things. But uh, I encourage anyone who's listening to this, who's excited about this event, they want to attend on the, the 15th of September, only uh, 11 days from now, head over to jestev.com uh, forward slash English uh, forward slash Supercross if, you, if you're uh, wanting to go straight to it. But uh, it, there's an English and a French version of, the, of the, uh, the website, really easy to navigate. You can get your tickets there, more information as well as the, uh, the full schedule of, of the happenings. And uh, you know people are going to be enjoying the Supercross and the freestyle and I believe there's amateur racing as well so maybe someone uh, hears this and they want to uh, try their hand at uh, twisting the throttle on a supercross track so uh, <laughs> I, I think you'd have to be qualified to do that but we yeah. have the track we'll have two two different two different um, footprint right. and uh, you know two thirds of the track would be uh, amateur oriented mm-hmm. and uh, I mean would be amateur oriented but I, I would I, you know just a uh, just a little bit less brutal than the supercross yes. the national supercross level and one third of the track would be purely for the for the pros and uh, i think it was a, a design we we did earlier just to make sure we're not uh, sending people to to uh, you know to an accident because at, at the end of the day you know nothing is better than a good day of racing that ends well Oh, for sure. If you if you got the, the motorcycle in the back of your truck in one piece, and you yourself are the same in the driver's seat on the way uh, out of the track, it's a good day. And uh, Eric, this was a great podcast. I really appreciate you making some time on a holiday Tuesday where uh, you got two days smashed into one, and uh, the bullets are flying at full speed. Um, I, I can't thank you enough for making time for the Big MX Radio podcast tonight. Uh, you're very welcome, Brad, and uh, hopefully uh, see you in 11 days, right? Absolutely. Already got my tickets booked, and uh, and I just got to uh, get my all of my accommodations uh, squared away. But by hook or by crook, I will be in the vicinity, and I can't wait to see you there. <laughs> all right. Looking forward to see you there and all the Canadian fans. Awesome. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, let's cut it off right there. Okay. <laughs>